you're listening to Mysteries Beyond. What mysteries lie beyond the reach of our senses? And who are you in this vast multiverse? Hello, and welcome to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender. With the sun now being in its waning phase, and the days becoming shorter and shorter, with darkness prevailing, my ongoing study of demons continues with Lamashtu. I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't heard of her. She is an ancient Mesopotamian goddess. But if you've heard of Lilith, mother of demons, and or of Lamia, the once Libyan queen who ripped her own eyes right out of her head in Greek mythology, and or if you've heard of sirens, who were later associated with mermaids, then you'll already be familiarized with most of Lamashtu's characteristics. Lamashtu, first and foremost, an ancient Mesopotamian goddess, as she was the daughter of the sky god Anu. But you see, Anu was not only the father of all the gods, but also of evil spirits and demons. And Lamashtu was later instead referred to as a demon. She was said to act in malevolence, of her own accord, so she acted of her own free will, rather than through the will of the other gods, which, firstly, made her a rebel, and at some point, she was said to have been banished from heaven onto earth, very similar to Lucifer. And because she acted in malevolence of her own free will, some of her evil deeds include but are not limited to killing children, killing unborn children, so provoking expectant mothers to have miscarriages, causing harm to mothers and expectant mothers, eating men and drinking their blood, bringing nightmares, causing sleep deprivation by disturbing the sleep, sleep paralysis, infesting rivers and lakes with diseases, and she is also known to bring with her sickness and death. That is a long list, I do have to say. I think she pretty much covers evilness. (laughs) I think she's got it down. She is certainly a very ancient and powerful force. And although she has the ability to bring harm in many, many ways, She is primarily known as a child killer, a demon who terrorizes mothers and pregnant women, who would kidnap babies while they were breastfeeding. But what did she do with all those babies she stole and the children and babies of other people she killed? She devoured them because she had an unquenchable thirst for their flesh and blood. She would gnaw on their tiny bones and drink every last drop of their blood. 
Is that imagery not disturbing enough for you? Well, let me go into how she was depicted as. Lamashtu was said to have the head of a lion, the body of a donkey, with blood-covered talons for feet. And because she was a child-snatching demon, she was said to have long fingers that she would use for plunging into babies' bellies and for pulling out babies before their time. Are some of you starting to feel a little uneasy? Aw, come on. I thought you liked the dark stuff. She was also depicted as being naked, with sagging breasts, in an aggressive stance, while holding snakes, sometimes suckling animals, in which at this point, one could infer that she at one point wanted to be a mother herself, but couldn't. In her lore, she also suckled children, but her breast milk is poison, so they would all die. She was also known to wrap babies after birth, but of course, any child touched by her would also die. It was also believed that if a pregnant woman lost their child during their pregnancy, it was because Lamashtu had touched their belly seven times. But what are demons, right? Before you let fear run the show, truly ask yourself, what are demons? And as we've learned here, they can be both aspects of our consciousness, as well as external forces. By aspects of our consciousness, I mean it's that drive, that influence that leads us to commit certain actions. And by external forces, it could mean things as simple and as grand as natural disasters. Demons have always been used as a way to help better explain the natural laws of the universe and also to cope with and have someone to blame whenever a tragedy happens. It gives us a sense of control. So, if you miscarried, it couldn't have been your fault, obviously. It had to have been Lamashtu. Or, for example, if a man didn't find his wife attractive enough to sleep with her, they needed a demon to blame that on and to try to drive it away. It's a way that has helped us make sense of things. So what did people do to help drive her away? Well, one tactic used by people were offerings feminine offerings, such as a comb and or a spindle. Another form to drive her away was through the use of incantation bowls. People would take the ugliest bowl they had in their house, and they would draw a picture of the demoness in the center of it. And on the outside, they would write an incantation and they would turn it over upside down as if to catch a bug and bury it. And this was done to protect against Lamashtu as both a child killer and a seductress. 
but the most common form of protection against her was through the use of amulets and or prayer to Pazuzu. To some of you, Pazuzu might ring a bell and or sound familiar. Now, Pazuzu was a wind god and a demon of famine, terrible storms, locust, and various diseases. He was the king of wind demons and or spirits. The male version of those spirits called Lilu and the female version called Lilitu. But he was also a protector that could be called upon to fight other demons, such as Lamashtu. Even though Pazuzu has his own reputation as a plague bringer, whether it's because he feels sorry for people or because these two spirits despise each other and he does it as a form of retaliation, he protects against her. People would often wear or post images of Pazuzu to provide safety from Lamashtu. Now, one interesting thing I do want to point out is if the name Pazuzu sounds familiar, that's probably because you've seen the movie The Exorcist. Pazuzu was said to be the demon that possessed that little girl in the film. Oh yeah, he's very real. Where do you think Hollywood gets their ideas from? Same situation in that movie, The Nun. The demon Valak? Yeah, that's in The Lesser Key of Solomon. Or in that movie, Hereditary. King Paimon? Yeah, that's another real demon. Also found in The Lesser Key of Solomon. But I'm veering off track, so back to the topic on hand. So call him Pazuzu if you want to do away with Lamashtu. Now, there is another version of why Lamashtu killed babies. And that version says that she actually wasn't working of her own accord. That she was actually working for other gods. And they believed there was an issue with overpopulation. So Lamashtu was sent to help keep population in order and balance before it all spiraled out of control. Therefore, she targeted babies and pregnant women. So if her story sounds a lot like Lilith's, that's because through time, she evolved into her. Lilith, the mother of demons herself, is a version of Lamashtu. Lilith was also a rebel, acted of her own accord, was banished from paradise, the Garden of Eden, had a reputation of being a child killer, was also associated with snakes, had talons for feet, and to protect yourself and or your child from her, you would also need to wear an amulet with the names of those angels who chased her engraved onto them. Lilith is also known to attack men in their sleep, cause sleep paralysis, and is responsible for their nightly emissions. Fast forward into now, where we have the modern version of Lilith, and you'll find she is now a sexy succubus, which is fascinating to me because she had her origins in being a child-killing monster. A woman who perhaps once desperately wanted to have children but couldn't, and now suddenly 
she's having children all over. I mean, demon spawns, but nonetheless, her children. And that's because she steals semen and impregnates herself with it, which is a complete reversal of everything that Lilith was about. Now, in Greek mythology, we also have Lamia, and she was a Libyan queen loved by Zeus. And long story short, Hera, Zeus's jealous wife, discovered the affair and retaliated by, in some versions she stole, and in other versions she killed, Lamia's children. Lamia was so distraught that, in one version, Zeus took pity on her and allowed her to remove her eyes and store them in a box. And most myths agree that Hera then turned Lamia into a serpent, where she then became a child-eating monster herself who resided at sea, who also had the ability to shapeshift from beautiful woman to a snake-like sea monster who also preyed on sailors. And I'm sure by now you can see the association to sirens and even vampires. Sirens can be associated to Lamia because they are creatures who reside at sea, who originally were half-human, half-bird creatures, then later depicted as more mermaid-type beings, who were creatures that had the ability to shapeshift from being beautiful women to sea monsters who lured sailors into their demise. Vampires were also said to be beautiful women, shape-shifting creatures, who seduced and lured men into their demise. They would suck your blood and kill you. They would drain you of your life force energy, your blood. So mermaids and sirens can be traced back to Lamia, and vampires can be traced back to Lilith, and both Lamia and Lilith can be traced back to Lamashtu. Isn't it fascinating how it all interconnects? And here's a fun thing to look out for next time you're watching a movie or a series. Anytime a character is named Lilith or Lily or Lilu or some variation of that, see if you can spot any characteristics of Lamashtu and or Lilith and pay attention to the color of their outfits, their wardrobe. Chances are it's going to be red. I may just have to do an episode on Lamia as well. But let me know your guys' thoughts on the episode and or if there's another demon that you'd like me to talk about. And if you guys have any questions or if there is any feedback or if there is simply anything that you just feel like sharing with me, you can reach me at lauralavender.mb at gmail.com. And or you can friend me on social media on Instagram at lauralavender.mb and or on TikTok, same handle, lauralavender.mb. Also, don't forget to check out the website at www.mysteriesbeyond.com. There are a few resources on there if you're interested. Guys, thank you so much for supporting the podcast by listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.